We've got a ripper show this week on Your Tech Life, episode 317. We're going to talk about an unbelievable medical app that I just think that if we look back at when apps didn't exist and look at how they do now, you'll be blown away by what is now possible. Uh, we're going to talk streaming. We're going to talk fitness trackers. We're going to talk online. We're going to talk movies on your iPad. Stacks to talk about as well as just how much data did we download on Telstra on the weekend. And I'm going to put that into floppy disk terms for you here on Your Tech Life. Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Yes, thank you for listening, thank you for downloading. Lovely to have your company here. Once again, wherever I am pumping into your earbuds, earlobes, ear holes, uh, it's, great to, it's great to be there. Um... So much to talk about this week. Uh, I definitely want to talk about Telstra. We we, we had a chat uh, last week about how it had all gone wrong. So just how has it gone right for Telstra customers this week? Um, there's a new streaming service in town. LG have released the world's best TV in Australia. Drones are dropping in price. As I said at the start, autism is the is the uh, disorder that is hopefully going to be detected earlier as a result of an app. I mean, who would have thought 10 years ago we'd be saying that? That's ridiculous. Uh, We have calls this week from people with iPad movie issues. We have fitness tracker questions. We have streaming. It is all there, all ahead of us here on Your Tech Life. Thanks to the good people at Garmin, Satellite Navigation, GPS Technology, and Arlo Smart Home Security Systems. And while you're at it, get back to your computer. Get back, go on, get back, and uh, jump onto iTunes. Um, because it'd be great to have a, a, a rating and a review from you on on iTunes. It helps other people discover the show, um, and it uh, makes me feel great. I mean, who wouldn't want to make me feel great? Um, it's also great if you follow me on Twitter at Trevor Long. Uh, the other accounts you can follow are at Your Tech Life and at EFTM. They're very easy to follow. You just go to twitter.com, you sign up, and then you follow people. It's quite cool. Like I still really, really enjoy um, the Twitter experience, especially interacting with people one-on-one right there on the social media. So without any more delays, let's get cracking. Episode 317 of Your Tech Life. of people use the skip forward button over that uh what percentage of people are tapping on the steering wheel tapping them i just uh, you know every now and then i want to sing along it's just crazy uh, i'd also like suggestions because let's do another one um let's let's take the mickey out of me again in another song what would be a good song to uh to embrace that one was a cl- modern classic if you like 
Um, I wonder what would be, maybe not so modern, but a very obvious and recognisable song. Anyway, uh, Telstra this week, as uh, we talked about last week, had all their dramas. We don't need to rehash that, but Free Data Sunday. Now, it was never going to be as big as it could be because it's a Sunday, but it was their biggest day ever because it was all free. By midnight, Telstra customers had downloaded 1,841 terabytes of data, equivalent, as Telstra says, to 2.3 million movies, 5.1 million episodes of Game of Thrones, and 23 million downloads of Kanye West's new album. Oh, who cares about him? Um, It's a pretty staggering amount of data. Now, I wanted to put that in some perspective for you. Um, that is 1.8 million gigabytes. That is 1.9 million megabytes, which would fit onto 1.3 billion floppy disks. Okay? 1.3 billion floppy disks. If you stacked those floppy disks side by side, so face to face, not end to end, just, you know, in a, like in a disk container so they're all you know you flick through them like on a domino style effect and you lay them out it would be 4.4 thousand kilometers and that's stacked i can't even imagine what it would be end to end (laughs) it's just ridiculous um so it's a lot of data all right now, here's the thing. I was talking about this on the radio today with, with most of my radio stations. And hello to anyone who listens on um, to Peter Bell on 6PR in Perth, 2UE, Stuart Bocking on 2UE in Sydney, um, Juanita and Mark up in Cairns on CFM, uh, Tanya and Steve on KF, KOFM in Newcastle. Uh, I think that's Tuesdays. And then there's a bunch of others, but, you know, I often forget. Um, we talked about this, and I was thinking about it. This has been a fundamentally brilliant PR exercise for Telstra. They have recovered very well from a massive outage. People love the data, Free Data Sunday so much. And coincidentally, it was Valentine's Day. I'm calling for Telstra to do it once a year. Every Valentine's Day. Just say Telstra loves data. That's the campaign. Could you imagine? Now, it might get out of hand because people make longer preparations for what they do, but who cares? How cool is it? It's a lot of data. I'd love to know whether you forgot, whether you did nothing, whether you did a little something, or whether you're the person that downloaded 400 gigabytes, um, which is not still another zack on the rest of the um, the overall usage. But a pretty unbelievable thing um, for, uh, for Telstra customers, and it went down pretty well. Uh, I do think it was a great success for, uh, for Telstra. So let me know what you think. Uh, jump on the website, eftm.com.au, or of course, you can go on Twitter, at Trevor Long. And you thought it was confusing having Netflix, Stan, and Presto. Well, there's another one. As of March, we don't have an exact date, NBC Universal is launching Hey You in Australia. H-A-Y-U. Hey You. Now. You won't get any movies. You won't get Better Call Saul. You won't get The Thunderbirds. You won't get Inspector Gadget. But you will get every episode of the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. 
You will get Made in Chelsea. You will get the real housewives. You'll get Millionaire Matchmaker. This is a reality TV app. It also has a bunch of social media integration, a whole range of things like that. It's $5.99 per month. Can you believe that? People are going to pay $5.99 a month to watch reality TV. Wow. They'll probably do quite well. That's what's most funny about it. They'll probably do very, very well as a result. Uh, interesting to see what um, what you think. Is this something you're going to sign up to? I think my wife would if we downgrade our Foxtel package to just be sport, which is what I want because I need the Formula One. I need the Formula One. I need it. If I don't have it, I get to see Formula One next week at Catalonia in Barcelona. And in 30 days in Melbourne. I can't wait. Um, so, yeah, it's very cool. Um, so, that's a very interesting service. Let me know what you think. I'd be curious to know. Um, <laughs> you are listening to Your Tech Life. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Whatever you've got on your mind about technology, whether it's a problem, a question, a comment, doesn't matter at all. Get on the blower. Let's have a chat about the technology in your life. G'day, Russ. Trev. Hey, mate. How can I, what can I do for you? Um, I'd just like to know a bit more about these um, screening, uh, not screening TV channels, are they? Streaming. Screening, streaming, that's right, TV channels. Um, I'm up to the, the time where you can actually get the, the channel on the computer, mm-hmm. but how do you get the, the channel onto your big TV? So you've signed up on, to what, Netflix or Stan? What have you got? Not yet, not yet. Oh, right, okay. So you get, what you're saying is you get the point that you can watch it on your computer, but What's the good of that? You want to watch it on your TV, right? Exactly. How old's your TV? Uh, six years old. Okay. We'll just rule that out as being a, a native option. What I mean by that is it's not like you're going to be able to press a button on your remote control to get it working. Um, so what you would need in your circumstance, you've got a great-looking TV, I'm guessing. You're happy with the, the picture and it's all working. It's a Sony, yeah. Exactly. So what you would need is a, a, a set-top box or an adapter. Now, there's a couple of ways. Have you got a smartphone or a tablet or anything else as well? I've got a smartphone. Okay. Um, so there's two things you can do. Probably, if I'm honest, uh, Chromecast is one of the easiest ones to do. Have, uh-huh. you got a, have you got a Wi-Fi network at home? Yes, I have. So what you do is Chromecast is 50 bucks. You buy it at you know, Dick Smith, Shabby Hi-Fi, Officeworks, those kind of places. Um, you plug it into, your, into the HDMI of your TV. And uh, and then you switch to that HDMI and it says, hi, connect me to your Wi-Fi network. And then you follow some steps on your computer or your smartphone to kind of give it access to your network. And from that, uh. from that point on, whether you're in the Chrome browser on your computer or if you're open the Netflix, the Stan or the Presto app on your smartphone, this little icon appears and you'll notice it from the Chromecast TV um, uh-huh. that allows you basically just to push the picture onto the screen. So the example I'll give you is is in my bedroom. I've got a Panasonic TV. It's a little, I don't know, 32-inch TV. Um, but it's, you know, several years old and doesn't have any of these services on it. So right. last night I, I lie down in bed. I've got my iPhone. I open up Stan, which is one of the streaming services because the latest episode of a really cool TV show called Billions has just been made available. So I, I turn on the TV. I switch to HDMI 1. And up on the screen comes a beautiful picture of the world somewhere, and it says Chromecast. And then I open up the Stan app on my on my smartphone. I choose the TV show I want to watch, and I press the Chromecast button. And hey, bingo, it's up on my TV. It is up so it easy. Yep. 
And so the thing is, it basically means, and the TV manufacturers kind of hate this idea, but it means that as long as your TV is producing a picture, then you, you can continually upgrade it by just putting better things into it, like a Chromecast or an Apple okay. TV. Um, because if you're happy with your TV, mate, why go and buy a new one, right? I wouldn't buy a new one just for this. No, that's right. Um, but, but the reason, one of the main reasons I'm thinking about this, Trevor, is I'm looking at the handbook right now for the TV, mm. and it says using home network features. Right. Enjoying photo, music, video files via the network, connecting to the network. I've tried this Yeah. Um, from the router to the back of the TV yep. by... Uh, is it USB or... Uh, like an Ethernet cable, a proper Ethernet, network cable, yeah. And it just doesn't work. Yeah. I wonder what I have to do to do that, but I think I might just give that a miss. I, I was just going to say... by what you're suggesting. Exactly, Russ. See, even if you got that working, the only things you could do with that are, you know, share photos from your computer or movies yep. that already exist on your computer. The yep. beauty of Chromecast or Apple TV is they are a simple little box that sits plugged into your TV... Yep. And your, all your other devices connect to, to the box instead of to the TV. And all the TV is, is a screen. Ah, so I see, I see. you don't even need a smart TV. You, you don't even need a TV with the potential for internet access. As long as your TV has a spare HDMI port, and it probably does also need a USB port, and that's where the, the Chromecast gets its power from, but nearly well, all TVs have that as well. Oh, it's just, USB, is it? Not, not uh, HDMI? No, it's, it's HDMI into the TV. That's how the got picture it. gets on the screen, but got it needs a little it. bit of power from the USB port. Um, but very easy to do. And, and as I say, it doesn't need to be a smart TV then, right? Just by plugging in this $50 Chromecast item, you're creating a smart TV. Actually, I've seen that in Dick Smith. Yeah. I think it's down about $35. Oh, well, it was 49 when they when they launched it. So, yeah, it's right, probably right, cheaper right. now. So it's probably gone down a bit. Exactly. Week, so, mate, it, it's, it's, just give it, give it your attention because it's not the simplest thing to set up. But mm. there are simple instructions. As long as you've got a smartphone and you plug it in and follow the instructions, you just give it patience and work your way through it step by step. It's actually very, very cool. Oh, beautiful. Good on you, Russ. Enjoy. You Which one are you going to sign up to, mate? Are you going to sign up to them all and try them out? I'm going to try them all out. A new one just turned up. According to your website, are you into the Real Housewives, or? are you, mate? You're a Real Housewives watcher? Uh, no. <laughs> That's it, eh? That's yeah, mate. Be, that that one's all reality TV. Kardashians, Housewives. Uh, yeah. Stick I'm with... looking for um, Better Call Saul. Oh, uh, mate, Stan. Whew. Yeah, good. Better Call Saul, uh, the, the second season has just been made available on Stan. The first episode is available today, in fact. Mate, I would. you know what I would do tonight? Mm-hmm. Don't worry about your Chromecast. Download Stan onto your smartphone and just sit and watch it on your smartphone for the first go. <laughs> We're breaking bad lovers at this house. Oh, um, have you seen the first episode? Ball. Have you seen the first series of Better Call Saul? No, not oh, at all. You could binge it. So, mate, tomorrow, go and get a Chromecast. Tomorrow yep. night, cuddle up on the lounge. Better Call Saul episodes one through whatever you want, mate, because they're all there to watch. Is that how it works? Yeah, they're all there. You can just choose what you want to watch. The only thing is the new season that started today is now delivered one week at a time. But right. So so every, every uh, what is it, Monday, every Tuesday night, you can watch a new episode of Better Call Saul. But at the end of the season, like you can with last season, you can just watch it all. Mm. It's just there for you to choose. Mate, I was watching Thunderbirds with the kids earlier. Thunderbirds <laughs> from when I was a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so good. That's old, man. That's- yeah. 
Mate, that in colour? Inspector Gadget was on there. I mean, it's just so good. <laughs> anyway, enjoy, Russ. You're going you're gonna to love it, mate. Thanks for your time, Trevor. No worries at all. Uh, Very much. Mate, absolutely. Cheers. And if you want to get in touch, you've got a question, a problem, a comment, or you just want to have a chat about technology like Russ, just get on the blower. 1-800-157-157 or go to the website eftm.com.au. Whatever is on your mind, if you've got a problem with technology, question about technology, I don't mind. Let's have a chat. G'day, Brad. G'day, Trevor. Good, mate. What can I do for you? Well, I'm looking. The, I'm in the market of um, fitness trackers, mm-hmm. and there seems to be so many there. So I've been doing <laughs> a lot of research online. Oh, um, where where do I'm you go it. first for research? That's a challenge, isn't it? Well, I mean, is it just Google oh. and and see what it turns up? It started. It started with Google. Oh. I'm doing the um, the YouTube. Uh, you know, people people get on and do their descriptions and what their thoughts are mm. of the different fitness trackers and. I've narrowed it down to a few. Okay, hit me. Um, what are they? Well, look, I've, I've, I've gone down to like a, a brand, I guess, is Garmin. Yep. Um, one thing I'm interested in is the GPS functionality, but sure. also um, that it's waterproof. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an Apple fan, so Apple Watch certainly doesn't cut it because it's not waterproof. The Apple yeah, Watch. no, splashes, but not water, not, not swimming. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's you know it's it's going to be a, a more of a rugged sort of everyday watch. But How much are you prepared to spend? A, well, look, I'm, I'm I've gone up to about four hundred dollars, and that's that's because I've narrowed it down to a Garmin uh, Forerunner two three five. Okay, yeah, Forerunners. And, I mean, uh, it's, I mean, uh, the there's two kind of thoughts there. Obviously, the Phoenix is is high end. It's much more yeah. expensive than what you're talking about. But you know, in terms of rugged. Um, you know, solid manly watches. It's it's just spe- spectacular. Um, yes. But let's rule that out on price, right? So let's talk. Yeah. You know, Forerunner. Which which Forerunner did you did you narrow it down to? Well, the two three five is what yeah. it come down to. Two three five um, is the. It's got a color screen. Uh, it's touch yeah. too. Um, does it have heart rate built in? Um, yes, it does. Yeah. Yes, so it's yeah. got wrist based because the, the, this is the challenge, and I. You know, Garmin have a huge range of watches, right? And yes, yeah. I should disclose they are a sponsor of the podcast. But forget all that for now. The The point here is they have so many forerunners that some of them have heart rate. Some of them are compatible with their, you know, their chest strap heart rate. Um, yep. So, the yeah, the the, uh, the 235 has wrist-based heart rate. So you're getting the same kind of concept as your Microsoft Band or your uh, Apple Watch in terms of yep. checking your heart rate. Um, very, very good for running. Well, I mean, what's your what's your activity of choice? Well, see, it, it, I'm doing uh, you know, a lot of uh, exercise at the moment, and mm. it'd be good to keep track of it. And what I've been doing is keeping track of it with my iPhone. Yeah, nice. And, um, you know, I use a Strava app so I can measure how far I've gone and whatnot. Mm. But um, carrying the iPhone has its limitations. So uh, the, the big question for me then around the, the Forerunner 235 is – are you going to be happy with running as being its capability? Because obviously there's a bunch of other forerunners that do multi-sports, uh, you know, swimming and things like that. So that's when you get to your triathlon point of view, you need to start looking at something different. The forerunner 235 to me seems to be the pinnacle of running fitness watches. So going to track you. You're going to get back home. You're going to sync with your smartphone. Your map's going to be there. It's going to show you all of your um, you know, calories, distance, um, average pace, all that kind of stuff is going to be on your on your app and on the on the screen while you're going. 
I think it does, um, you know, vibrating alerts so that it actually can help you through a training plan. Um, so, you know, I would suggest that it's, uh, that it's the bee's knees of, of running watches. It just, you know, for what, I don't know what you can find it for, you know, retail, but it's 469 RRP. Um, you know, it's, it's an, it's an expensive little beast. I'm also look. The, the, I know you did a thing on uh, that new Casio at the um, Vegas ZES. Oh, imagine what! I wonder what that'll come out for though, because yeah. you think about like a G-Shock, for example. You you spend between you know one ninety nine and you know anywhere up to thousand. I mean, I've got a, a twelve hundred dollar G-Shock that doesn't do anything other than get the time from GPS signals. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, Android Wear watches, if you look at those as being around the three fifty to four fifty five hundred mark. Then you add the G-Shock capability, their own app. I would suggest that's going to be a six or $700 watch. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm thinking, which sort of passes me out. And then I'm sort of procrastinating on whether <laughs> Apple's going to bring out in March a new watch and perhaps it's going to be waterproof. I'm, I'm going to call it right here. There won't yeah. be an Apple announcement in March. Okay. I have, up until basically this day, thought there will be, but... My my tendency right now is to think oh, I just I just don't know that they can pull it off that soon now. If it is, it'll be the last week of March, like literally the last week. Um, and and I'll be honest with you, if they were going to redo the watch of a two point version, um, yeah. I just I don't know whether waterproof is its its biggest issue. Do you know what I mean? I think I think they'd have to redesign it. I'm not sure. I love it. I've started, but I only love it because of Apple Pay. <laughs> Um, well, okay, yeah. I think they need to go circle. I think they need to do a few things like that. I think, I just don't think they'll go uh, waterproof. And mate, to be honest, it's for what it does and the price you pay. I'd probably go a, a Garmin Forerunner in your case anyway. Like if if the Apple Watch was waterproof today, yeah. um, I, I don't think I would suggest it to you. I'm, I'm not even sure. I'm gonna have to think about this, but I don't even think the Apple Watch has GPS built in. Well, no, I don't. I, actually, I don't think it does, and I'm, I've been doing a bit of research on that one. I've, you know, about the only thing it does on its own that. independently is um, uh, is music. So you can be you can be separated from your phone in that sense, and also Apple Pay. Um, so you know, you would think that GPS would be a thing to integrate. Um, you would think that then that opens it up to some solid apps, and you know, regrets we've had a few. You might regret it if they do come out with a with a two point But I've got to be honest. If you love, if you're doing a lot of activity, you're running, and you just want a watch that's comfortable to wear, that you can wear all the time, that's going to have a battery life I'm tipping of, you know, a week, um, and depending on how much you use it for GPS, I, yeah, well, man, I think the Forerunner's a cracker. Yeah, well, I, I think so, and the battery life is an important thing too, because I know well, that's one one reason why I wouldn't buy the Apple Watch is because you charge it every night. You get used to it. I I, um, I do think it's the silliest thing about all smartwatches, but. Yeah. Um, the challenge with the smartwatch is, you, let's say I go to, I travel a bit, so I go to Melbourne for two days, and I, I don't take an extra bloody charger for the watch. I'm lost after a day. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. a bit yeah. bit of a pain in the bum when you're travelling, but I, we've got a nice mounted watch charger uh, at the entryway and on my bedside table. It's not really an issue anymore. It's only when I travel that it becomes an issue. So, um, yeah. the, you know, the Forerunner has a very uh, uh, unique a charging mechanism of its own. It's not like you're going to find a beautiful charging stand for it like you will the Apple Watch, but yeah. um, but you will need to charge it. My recommendation to, to for devices that last around seven days, I suggest you put the charger in the in the bathroom, and you charge it whenever you're showering. So I don't know if I don't know if you you wear a watch to bed, but 
I would charge it every night if you could. So then you never left short. But worst case, when I had a jawbone, they had a seven-day battery life. Instead of charging it once a week, I'd charge it for 15 minutes a day. And that was actually enough to continuously give me enough charge. There's a lot to think about. And actually, to add, add, add more to the conversation is um, I've just got my kids. They're, they're, my kids are doing a lot of exercise with me as well. So Kids are a challenge, again. mate. My son, my nine-year-old, wanted a, a you know, Fitbit, as he called it. Yep. And I got him a yep. Garmin Vivo Fit. And, uh, That's what I'm after, yep. You know, it's good, but they're not allowed to wear it for certain sports, and you know, it's you know, I'm worried about him losing it, and you know, you got to you got to cop that stuff on the chin. Um, I, I don't, I'm I'm not yet convinced what's best for kids because even the Garmin app uh, didn't allow me to put 2006 in as a birth year because he's basically too young for it. So, because you know, I don't think any company wants to be kind of pegged as being the company that trains kids. So. Yeah. Oh, I, no, at, this, I, at this point, I would start with a you know like a really basic step tracker, so that kids under and that's that's what I I talk to Jackson about is I say to him, mate, what I want you to do is understand your activity. Hey, did you did you do more today than yesterday? And if so, why? If today was a really low day, why is that? And do you want to go for a run around the block or a run around the backyard and something just to understand their activity level, um, which is cool if he's into it. I would never force it on a child, but he wanted it for Chrissy. Well, yeah, that's what I'm. I'm the same. The, the, the kids want it, and because we're doing it, and the people we train with have them as well, and they're, they're sort of showing how they count their steps and whatnot. So mm. it's like an interest sort of thing, and it's you know, it's something that interests them and includes health. Well, I'll, I'll I'll have a look at it. This is sure. I think you're sold on the forerunner. I think the Garmin yeah. ecosystem is good, so therefore you've got options for the kids to have you know uh, sharing of data amongst the family. I don't mm. think you should think about it anymore, but I think you should knock it off and go and get yourself a forerunner two three five. There you go, sold. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, mate. Good luck, enjoy, and let yeah. me know how you go with it. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks very much. No worries. And if you want to get in touch, if you've got a question about technology, jump on the phone, one eight hundred one five seven one five seven, or go to the website, eftm.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And we do it all each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Arlo, the Arlo security system with two HD cameras. Stay connected to what matters. Arlo keeps track of the people and places you care about most in brilliant HD, provides live viewing from your smartphone and sends notification alerts straight to you when motion is detected. Place Arlo cameras in hard-to-reach places, indoors, outdoors, and watch over your home from anywhere. One system, endless possibilities. 100% wire-free, so there's no cords, no PowerPoints required. Weatherproof, so it's, it's outside, it's in the yard, it's in the driveway, doesn't matter, it's night vision so anything that happens in total darkness will be detected and it's uh, it's as easy as that you can search arlo.com slash au for details or find them at netgear.com.au want a new tv got nine grand that's all it'll take to get a flat lg tv now this is this is awesome this is very exciting because i talked last year about the oled 4K curved TV. I called it the triple threat, but I also said that I didn't like the curve. And so was that a deal breaker for people? Is it just me? I still believe that people would prefer, many people would prefer, some do like the curve, but many people would prefer a flat TV. I saw the flat OLED TV at uh, IFA in Berlin last year, and uh, I saw it again at CES, and uh, LG came out of the blue last week. You might have heard us on Two Blokes Talking Tech talk about this, and announced their flat OLED TV was available in Australia. 65-inch at $8,999, and 55 inches 
at $5,500. The curved versions are also available at the same price, plus there's a HD, full HD version, so it's not 4K, all the others are. There's a HD version of the curved for about three and a half, or three nine, so four grand. Um, these are the best TVs you can buy. Let me be very clear about that. Without question, the best TVs you can buy. Um, but they're out of a lot of people's price range. So that's why you do have the competitiveness around all the different types of HDs, UHDs, OLEDs, ULEDs, all these different things, right? But the fact is that Sony, Samsung, Hisense, none of them can match OLED. What they can do is provide an amazing viewing experience. And I think that's the challenge for LG is getting people to shell out the extra bucks. But side by side... I'd be amazed if anyone preferred the picture quality of any other television, side by side. As I say all the time, you only ever have one TV in the lounge room at one time. So you're not comparing as you're watching. But once you've seen it, you'll probably appreciate what I'm saying. So worthwhile popping into Harvey Norman or somewhere similar and uh, checking out uh, what is on offer from, um, from LG. These are crackers and they've, they've completely taken the market by surprise. Completely by surprise. So um, interesting times for the TV market. It'll be interesting to see how they go kind of first quarter of this year in terms of sales. Uh, LG's flat OLED TV 4K now available in stores. Check them out. Now, you know, I love my drone. Um, I'm going to say I thought the original price of the DJI Phantom 3 Pro was around 1900 Two grand? I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I've forgotten how much I paid. But DJI have cut a few prices of a few of their products recently. And and tomorrow morning, so Wednesday morning Sydney time, the price of their their best product, the DJI Phantom Three Professional, drops five hundred bucks from twenty one ninety nine to sixteen ninety nine. Which means they've got four products in market: the Phantom Three Standard, eight fifty nine; the Phantom Three with four K. $13.99. The Phantom 3 Advanced, $13.99. The Phantom 3 Professional, $16.99. Now, the two low, the two first that I mentioned, uh, $8.59 and $13.99, the difference there is they don't have the range that uh, that the higher-end ones do. The standard has good range, but not not detailed range, not, you know, one kilometer or, uh, you know, the range of the, of the Pro. And it has a HD camera and the 4K P. P3-4K has a 4K camera, um, but again, not the range. Then for the same price as that one, you can get the the range, but just on a full HD camera, or you can get the range with a 4K camera at $16.99 as of tomorrow. Now, Parrot's still in the market at $7.99. I think that's a struggle at this point, given the given the, the product that it is. The 3DR Solo looks like being around uh, $21.98 with a gimbal for your GoPro, but I understand that price will come down to about $1,900 very soon. And then there's another one in the market, which we talked about a year ago. It's finally here called the Hexo. This is a six-blade uh, copter, um, $24.59. It's just a bit too expensive, but it does have some pretty cool features. So if you're in the market for a drone, I honestly bloody love the Phantom 3 Pro. Highly recommend it. And I've got links on the website eftm.com.au if you are interested in learning more, seeing more, or potentially buying one. Um, let's go flying. If you buy one, uh, Rob from Goulburn's uh, bought one. We went flying. I crashed. Um, but 
we'll go again. I'm going to go flying after I get back from Aoife because I'm going to have about four drones with me. So we might go somewhere and uh, really hype it up. Uh, see if we can get a few drones out there and have some have some serious fun. Uh, check it out um, on the website, uh, eftm.com.au. And if you love your golf, you have to see the Approach S6 Golf Watch from Garmin. It's $549 recommended retail. This is a first-of-its-kind GPS technology in Garmin's slimmest, lightest golf watch. It features swing metrics like swing tempo, tempo training, and swing strength all on your wrist, a dedicated course view button with green view for manual pin positioning, pin, bl- pin pointer, blind shot assistance, tells you where the pin is, even if you can't see it, and a touchscreen, high-resolution, glove-friendly face, uh, with 30,000 international golf courses on the wrist, in the watch, for no subscription or no fees. Unbelievable. The Approach S6. Beautiful little product, available in white, black, and orange. Um, and there's also now a True Swing bundle, so you can get this watch plus the little True Swing addition to your club. That's worth thinking about. Uh, check it out. All these products are at garmin.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. One of the great things about this job is that there is always something new to talk about. That's the cool thing about technology, right? And what was it? Last week we were talking about an app that helps you invest your small change. The things that you know you and I would never think about doing because we're not big investors, but hopefully making a small cha- small change to uh, to our lives in the way we save and invest for the future. Well... This one took my interest this week with with great interest because um, I have a not I don't want to need to declare an interest I just have a an an overwhelming uh, I'm quite drawn to the cause if you like Latrobe University have launched a free smartphone app for autism detection so Latrobe University's Olga Tennyson Autism Research Center uh, launched the app that which was developed uh, pro bono by Salesforce huge global company. Um, and the cool thing about this is it's one of those situations where staff members at Salesforce actually give of their time at Salesforce um, to, to create things like this. So let's have an understanding of what the heck an app can do to help parents uh, in, the, in the diagnosis, if you like, or detection is, is the better word, of, of autism and Wojciech. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a whirl here, Wojciech. Wojciech Netachowski from the... Uh, Olga Tennyson Autism Research Centre at Latrobe, Latrobe University is on the line. Good day, mate. I'll How are you doing? I'll let you get away with it. <laughs> so, I'm well, thanks. So let's talk about this. I mean, I my, my interest in this is I, I have a very close friend of mine who is a special needs teacher um, and has been for, well, ever since we've been out of school. And I, I find that to be probably one of the biggest, most giving per, per people I know because you, you could be a teacher of year three kids and just, you know, go home every day or you could be a special needs teacher. And, you know, what I've seen and the engagement I've had there, it just gives me an utmost respect for what, what she goes through and what she does for those children. But the idea that an app could be utilised by parents to detect autism early, where does that come from? Is that... Is that just seemingly crazy three years ago, or is that something that you've always thought was possible? Um, well, I, I guess on the one hand, it probably does seem a bit crazy. Um, but the good thing about this is that it's, it's really grounded in a lot of research. So one of our academics, Dr. Josephine Barbro, has run two very large-scale um, uh, community studies mm. where what she did was train maternal and child health care nurses 
So if you have a child um, in most places in Australia, you um, you will be uh, going to your local council that has a maternal and child health care yep. centre, and you have regular visits with your nurse yep. to see generally how the child's going. So these these nurses already seen children, and so Josie had this great idea during her PhD. So she was very young when she had it to train nurses in the early signs of autism. Right. So she did a literature review and she made sure that she thought she knew what those early signs were. Mm. She did a bit of um, you know, data analysis. She whittled those things down, trained the nurses in these, in these early signs. The nurses would see these children, use, these, use the kind of behavioral test that Josie had designed, and then if they came up as at risk of or a high likelihood of having autism, they were then referred to La Trobe University and there was a rigorous diagnostic test then done. And so in the first study, we saw 22,000 children. Mm, wow. And in the second study, it's, it's been about 14,500 that, that have come through right now. And so it's proven, you know, just, just um, wonderfully accurate, 81% accuracy. Wow. Um, and the other children, so the other 18%, uh, a lot of those children are having either a language delay or a developmental delay, so it's still picking. Something it has up. other benefits. It's, it's not yeah. the because those those, and I'm not going to go through the detail here, but we're talking about things like not making consistent eye contact, uh, sh- show their exactly. toys to others, and there's a, there's there's indicative things that that these nurses would be looking for or asking about. And as you say, exactly. just just through weight, sheer weight of numbers, you're able to say this is. This is has evidence behind it, and that's obviously the, the, a critical thing in medicine. So, is the how does this how does this pivot to become something that? I mean, isn't it a bit? Uh, let me be let me be the pessimist. Let me put the black hat on and say, sure, isn't it a isn't it a risk to put the Doctor Google in everyone's hands? I mean, I always say to my wife, just chill out. You know, let's just wait until we go to the doctor. <laughs> let's not Google every symptom because people diagnose Absolutely. themselves with goodness knows what, and so. Uh, I can only imagine that uh, a parent of a child who is just seemingly out of place at playgroup or mother's group doing their self-diagnosis, is it just a good thing because it gets them to go to the doctor or is there some small risk of that being a negative? Uh, Well, I guess I'd answer that two ways. I mean, the first thing is that um, I I guess it's very dangerous and can be very dangerous when when people are kind of just running amok on or just... um, not being supported with their inquiry. So I know when I was a parent, when my, my first child came along, I, I just simply had no idea what mm. typical development looked like. Mm. And so, you know, when... Um, so, so there were all sorts of concerns and worries that, that I had, um, but probably not as grave and, and, and significant as other parents would have. But, but the thing that we've done with this app is, um, and probably what you're hinting at is, generally in research we know that parental questionnaires are very unreliable. So that's because when parents are answering questions on a kind of a medical nature, or in this case, developmental nature, mm. they actually don't have the the knowledge and they don't have the expertise in handling these kinds of questions or they don't know whether they're answering them well. So, um, so I guess what we realised, if we were going to give these same questions to parents, the same that were given to um, highly trained professionals, yeah. we had to give parents we had to give parents context, mm. and so that's why the app has alongside it, alongside every single question, a video, a right. narrated video that goes right. for somewhere between two to three minutes. Okay. And the narrated video shows children in each of the behaviours. So, you know, if you ask a question like, does the child point at objects um, and share their attention with you? Um, 
video shows those scenarios. That shows children with autism not doing those things right. when being prompted, and it shows typically developing children doing those things when they're mm. prompted. So, it, it, so a parent can really see that example in real life and go, ah, that's what they're kind of asking for. And I guess the the critical thing here is that, and I'm not an expert at all, but my observation is that you know autism is, is a difficult diagnosis. It's not a blood test, and yes or no. It's and it's also a spectrum, right? right? The, the idea of it being called autism spectrum disorder is that it's a spectrum from a, a wide range to, to to a small range that says you could be at any point on that spectrum. So there is it's identifying a, a place on the spectrum or, or, or a place in the spectrum, and then determining at what level it is. So that's that's up to the that's up to the medical profession. All you're doing here is saying sense checking yourself, sense checking your own perhaps concerns about your exactly. child, um, and and utilizing an app to give you that. You know, it might it might be the thing that makes you go to the doctor. I guess, isn't it? And look, it, it, that, that's what it's designed to do. And so we are saying very much both inside the app and, and when people register, we have their email. So we certainly communicate with them once, yep. um, once they've performed the test and have a result. Mm. We're certainly saying to them, take this and take the email that we've just sent you and the links to the research. Take it down to your um, healthcare professional or your GP, mm. and and talk through it with them. Like the, mm. you know, it's it's not just that you found something on Doctor Google, but but take everything with you. Take the app, take the take the correspondence, and talk through. It. And if they if there's any pushback, if they if they if they're trying to dis, dismiss your concerns, we're saying actually show them the app, play a video, mm. and kind of talk them through it. Mm. So we, we we kind of see it as having both not only a way to support parents, but also a way to raise community awareness mm. about what autism actually is. And I guess, fortunately, doctors are a, um, a continual, continuously learning profession. They, they don't just oh, you know, come right. out and, and finish. They, they are continuously reading and learning. So they would become aware, if not immediately, that over, over time of a thing like this. And, you know, the, the release that I have says that this, this tool is proven to be seven times more accurate than the next best tool in the early identification exactly. of autism. And that alone is enough to say, at least give it a crack. I mean... You know, it's obviously one of those things where you have a, a good news, bad news situation. Good news, it's said you're on the spectrum. Your child's not. Uh, bad news, it is. It said you're on the spectrum, and and they are. But now it's early enough. That's the critical thing here, isn't it? It's about saying rather than wait until they're four or five, do these tests early, and and you could be begin the 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 treatment, the support of that spectrum disorder from that point. Well, so so, so some of the research. So I mentioned before to you that we've had two studies. Mm. So the first study that we ran was in 2006, 2008. So we're now following up those kids longitudinally, so, yeah. you know, nine years later. Mm. So we can see how those kids are tracking. So at that first point, uh, when we first saw them, uh, 78% of those children that came through had what's called an intellectual disability associated with their autism. So they had an IQ of less than 70. Right. So they... So they start getting their treatment as a result of being identified. Mm-hmm. Uh, three years later, we see them again. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it's gone from 78% to about 48%. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a massive reduction in how many children now have an intellectual disability. Yeah. And we've now followed them up recently in the last 18 months. And that figure has now dropped down to about 12%. Mm-hmm. So only 12% of that original cohort now have an intellectual disability. Mm. So to have an intellectual disability means that it does 
um, quite significantly diminish your life chances in mm-hmm. things like you know, having employment um, and, uh, and and life's opportunities. That, that's a, an unfortunate reality for many people with an intellectual disability. Mm. So it's so it's extremely important to be able to identify early, get these children and their families onto a uh, pathway of intervention, and um, and hopefully maximising their chances to get into. Um, you know, something like primary school. Mm. But, you know, something that you said earlier on or asked me earlier on was a, was about, you know, could we have imagined building an app mm. three years ago? Mm. And, and probably to a certain extent, I, I couldn't have imagined building this app three years ago. Um, we had already built it on the um, on this second study that we did on the Salesforce platform. And so we had all these maternal and child healthcare nurses. Utilising um, the data what, and the platform what, to, to build the analysis, but not in the hands of yeah, a parent. So, Sorry, so we had yeah, so we had them logging in already, and one thing that we realised was after having them already on a system and having them logging in, we realised um, well the first problem is not everywhere in the world has maternal and child healthcare like we do in Australia. Oh, of course. So already we we were beginning to realise if we wanted to take this early identification tool to the entire world, we were hampered by the type of um, community health systems around the world. And so we thought, well, how can we bridge that gap? How can we actually get this into the hands of, or how can we get children identified? And that's when we really thought, well, perhaps the best way to actually do that would be um, with a mobile mobile app. Mm. And so one of my friends was a Salesforce engineer, and that's how I I kind of got introduced to Salesforce through him about seven, eight years ago. And we'd been working on numerous projects, but most of them were pretty small, the, yeah. the large-scale surveillance program with, with nurses was probably our biggest project. But then I guess when we realised that we could make an app out of this, um, he then introduced me to some very to a very senior person at, at, at Salesforce, um, one of the senior uh, vice presidents, Dan Bogner. I flew to Sydney in uh, January last year, end of January last year, mm. and presented to him and said, um, <clears throat> here's an idea. Mm. We, we've got this transformative research that we're undertaking. You've got this transformative cloud technology that you can do heaps with. Let's work together and, and build an app using your, your engineers, your developers, your internal resources to do this on their, on their volunteer time. Mm-hmm. And he said it straight away to me. He said, this is great. This is fantastic. I see where you're coming from. This, we can make this happen. And uh, my timeline was two years. Hmm. I said, you know, if we could do this in two years, that'd be great. He said, well, you know... <laughs> I'll build it. I'll build it within a year, and so literally that meeting was was just over a year ago. It's it's almost a year to the day, mm-hmm. and um, and it only took them about eight eight to ten weeks to actually build the app. We've been finessing it since yeah, then yeah. And, and making sure it's ready, but 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 literally most of it was built within about eight weeks. It's phenomenal, really, when you think about it. Um, yeah, there's apps that allow you to swap faces with people or do silly things. But then there's these these kind of apps. You know, the other one that comes to mind for me is DreamLab, the the medical research that's utilizing the processing power of phones to to do medical research while we sleep. Um, you've got this that's putting early diagnosis in the hand of parents. And forget that for a minute. As you say, globally, your app could be in the hands of even mid level or high level medical staff around the world in in underdeveloped countries, and and helping with that. It's it's phenomenal. And this is one of those things where I I look back and and I'm not crediting Steve Jobs with the smartphone, but you look at Steve Jobs announcing the the very first iPhone, and there's not a chance on the planet that anyone at Apple thought that somewhere down the track parents would be able to 
make an assessment of a child on the autism spectrum based on an app. It's it's phenomenal, really phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, that ecosystem. That uh, you're right. I mean, you know, pure genius, a great founder, um, and and you know what we've seen this revolution on the one hand between. Um, I guess, as you say, these kind of consumer apps that Apple have made and bringing the power of that with something like um, a back-end power of something like a Salesforce where you kind of run your, H- your headquarters, your you know, command central at the back of, and, and connect these two things together, then you come up with something very, very mm. powerful. And I think what governments have probably not yet realised is the enormous potential, how comparatively low cost Mm. and how easily it is for the community, people like us, people like this industry, industry collaboration with academia that we've just, um, we've just performed here, that that is able to provide these kinds of community benefits in a way that you know, a government service pretty much could not do. The app is called AS Detect uh, or ASD. E-T-E-C-T, uh, one word. Um, it is available now. It was developed by Salesforce uh, in conjunction with the uh, La Trobe University's Olga Tennyson Autism Research Centre, and it's just a fantastic thing. It's just a fantastic piece of technology, and it's just wonderful that it's Australian too. So, Wojciech, thank you for your time. Thank you for the effort that you and the team have put into it, and hopefully it, uh, it has great success worldwide for you. Pleasure, and thank you so much for your time today. Let's keep rolling along with calls. If you've got a question, go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Tim. Oh, g'day, Trevor. G'day, mate. What can I do for you? I have an iPad 4 with only a 16 gig memory, mm. and I want to store about a dozen movies. So I was looking at a SanDisk flash drive and an Apple uh, camera adapter, which is uh, lightning to USB. Now... Will these three things all work together? No. <laughs> um, no. no um, it, look, in, in simple terms, you know, iPads are not made to have their memory expanded. However, there are obviously some products out there. The the camera adapter is there to import um, content, so it's there so you can plug in a. Uh, you know, a camera, um, and you can actually get the photos that you've taken off the camera onto the iPad. Um, there are devices um, for an iPhone, for example, from uh, Moshi, Mo- Moshi, Mophie, um, no, Mophie, that, that actually have additional storage. But um, often you've got to be very careful that the apps that you want to use will read from them. I reckon your best bet is yes. actually how much are you prepared to spend? That's the big question. Well, well, as little as possible. <laughs> I figured as much. Um, I think you should do some investigations into wireless hard drives. Okay? Wireless hard Now, drive. I know of two brands that do them. Um, they are Seagate and Seagate. WD. Um, WD. They both create uh, wireless hotspots. Um, so basically what you can then do is use a specific app to then watch content from the, the little hard drive. And it means you don't have anything plugged in. Um, it's not a bad solution, but oh, if I was you, I would be wanting to get a little bit more research. I'm, I'm happy to say I'm not an expert in this particular um, use case, but right. my gut feeling is that that's your best solution. Now, those things, let's say a, um, 
let's say a Seagate or WD is going to cost you $200. Let, let, let's, let's throw that number at you. Um, yeah, to be okay. honest, you're going to spend 50 bucks on the adapter, 20 bucks for a flash drive. It's only going to be 32 gig. 32 gig yeah. is, is bugger all. You're going to get annoyed with that anyway. The, the <laughs> amount of storage you're going to get on an actual hard drive could store hundreds of movies. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Yeah, yes, for sure. But isn't, um, isn't um, a solid state better than um, mechanical? Sure, and and you, you you can probably find solid state versions of those um, wireless portable hard drives. Um, the the only no, no, the only I'm the sorry, biggest the biggest advantage to solid state is is launching applications. So on my computer here, I have solid state because it means my applications launch much faster. But for watching a movie, um, I don't I don't think you'll even notice the prop the difference, and I'm not sure it would be a wise investment. Okay, now now. Is there any way I can actually achieve what I want? Which is pretty simple. Mm. All I want is, is to do is to store about a dozen movies, mm. um, you know, to, a dozen favourite old-time movies, to, to play on my iPad. Now, is there any, any simpler, simpler solution to that? Uh, yeah, get a new iPad that has more storage space. I've got an iPad 4 with only 16 gig. That's what I'm saying. You know, you you need to, this is why people get trapped with the 16 gig ones. They think that it's cheaper and it's not. You know, I'm not going to need the space, but you need a 64 gig iPad so that you can store those movies for uh, for, for all time. Um, you know, it's a limi- it's a limitation. That's that's the purpose of the storage um, cap- capacities is to determine what you need. Uh, a 16 gig no, iPad no. isn't a great investment when you want to play a lot of movies. Well, gee, sixteen gig is just fabulous, except for that. Well, well that, but that's the point, right? They're, uh, a 16 gig and a 128 gig iPad are identical in every way except that piece of storage. So my iPad and your iPad, identical. In fact, I've got an iPad 3, so I've got the one older than you, but it's got like 32 or 64 gig of storage, so I can watch those movies. Yours might be a bit faster, but it doesn't have the storage. So, you know, there are products you could potentially, you could try and buy online, say eBay, there are um, adapters that go from... So yours is an iPad 4. It means it's got a lightning connector. Is that correct? Uh, that's right. So there are lightning to USB sticks. Um, and they will likewise allow you to have storage. But you need to make sure that you've researched to find out whether you can not just store content on there, but you can read content from them in an app, like a, like a movie app. Your next challenge sure. is which app, how, how does it work, which format should the movies be in? Because if it's not a native iPad movie, it's certainly not going to be as easy. God, it's complicated, isn't it? It doesn't have to be because no, no, if you no, it, no, so see, so, where, where is, are the are the movies yes. available on iTunes? But yes, all, all I want to do is store about about a dozen old time favorite sure. movies. Tim, on, um, uh, from the from the iTunes, yes, and, and on the play on the iPad. Yep, that's as simple as that. Tim, you don't need to store them on the iPad. If you buy the movies from iTunes, you own them forever. They live in the cloud, and you only ever need one movie at a time to watch. Okay. Okay. So by by buying the movie, so let's say I bought. Um, I bought uh, The Great Escape, one of my favourite movies, right? I bought that on Apple iTunes. I bought it on Apple TV. Apple T- my Apple TV doesn't have a hard drive at all. All I did was watch it 
download and I watched it while it downloaded, it streamed. Now, if I open up my iPhone and I'm in, I'm in Barcelona next week, I open up my iPhone, I want to watch The Great Escape, I just go Great Escape and I hit play and it plays from the cloud. And then when I'm finished with it, I delete it. And I still own it. It's just not in a shelf. It's sitting at Apple. So actually, mate, <laughs> knowing now that yes. you, you just want to watch movies that are on iTunes, you don't need to buy yes. anything. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, um, so you, you're, you're saying iCloud. Now, is that... Um, uh, no, 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 got, no, uh, no, 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 Tim, 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 I didn't mention iCloud. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't use your yeah. iCloud space. The movie... It's like going to Blockbuster and you own all the movies. So you oh, go okay. there and you get the one you want. But on iTunes, you get it via the internet. It lives on iTunes storage, on iTunes servers. You never use your own storage. Oh, okay. You just watch the products that you own. Just in the same way that if you own 55 songs, you can listen to those songs at any time. You can delete them from your phone to free up space. And then you can go back another time and listen to them again because you own them. Apple knows you own that movie. Apple will let you watch that movie. If I come oh, okay. to your house okay. and I log into to my iTunes account on your iPad, we can watch The Great Escape. Okay, okay. So, okay. actually, <laughs> you need to just use iTunes, mate. Just enjoy iTunes and delete the movies when you're, when you're not watching them and download them when you want them because you can store two or three movies on that thing. Oh, gee, gee. Thanks, Trevor. That's terrific. Good Thank on you, Tim. Enjoy iTunes. Enjoy your iPad. And there we go. We've saved you 50 or 60 bucks at the very least. <laughs> yeah, so thanks, Trevor. Thanks. Good on you, Tim. And if you've got a question, a problem, or you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, jump on the phone. 1-800-157-157. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your tech, tech life. life with Trevor Long. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Back again next week. Back again tomorrow with two blokes talking tech. Um, and we'll be in uh, Barcelona next week for the Mobile World Congress. Uh, I might do a couple of shows next week, um, certainly with Fennec plus Your Tech Life, just chatting about the show. And then I might do one quick little update one from Amsterdam where I'm going to look at some Wi-Fi solutions. I'm traveling as a guest of Huawei. Um, I will be first uh, uh, seen, I guess, if you like, in terms of Mobile World Congress on Monday morning your time. Um, on the Today Show, we'll have a, a live cross. We'll talk about the new LG, Samsung, and other phones that we can find. Um, all from Mobile World Congress. And uh, there'll be information on eftm.com.au. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. It's lovely to have your company. Join me anytime on Twitter for a bit of a banter and hello. Um, or you can go to the website, eftm.com.au. Let's talk soon. 